0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Good, m- good morning. Yeah, COVID didn't say you, didn't, you can't speak. All right, that's good. Now, hey, my online good folks, mute yourselves. Hi, Gigi. <laughs> I um, for sure mute that. <laughs> good, I can, boy, that bouncing back is, I can hear it. Okay, that's good. That's better. All right, perfect. Um, if you have your Bible, be turning to Acts 7. You know, as Marcus said, um, we had a, a great week of just trying to, as the leaders, say, okay, this is where, where we are, what we're doing uh, as it relates to you know, the current situation, and, and just trying to be one voice from the leadership. how as a church we're gonna navigate this space and that doesn't mean that all questions are over with if you have them and then you're more than you can you can talk to me Um, you guys know that Um, I'm trying to get around to eventually everybody in class where it's just Serene and I and and you know maybe you or you and your kids or you and your spouse and your kids whatever just to say hey what are you thinking how you doing what you know? What thoughts do you have? And, and uh, all those conversations have been great up to this point. And so, <clears throat> just uh, I'll get around to you, okay? So that way, uh, I want you to know that you're you can be heard by me, and uh, and then I'll give my two cents if if need be. Um, but yeah, it's really just about listening. You know, I think a lot of times as adults, you don't know, always feel listened to, um, and so it's important. Uh, that you know I'm going to listen to you because I love you, right? And so that's kind of the kind of my spiel about that. But also, in relation to that, it's just, you know, continuing to watch the news, like things are still raging on, right? And so um, I thought just to kind of center our minds this morning, uh, things still may be a little blurry of just about what am I going to do, how am I going to navigate this space, what do I... You know, all of that, especially as a believer, um, you may feel weirded out and, and even slightly disconnected um, from the leadership or me or, or uh, any of our pastors, right? Um, but the one thing that I want you to know is that God is still with us, and I think COVID and this scenario, just the state of our country, is the Lord going, okay, hey, come over here, no, come over here, and just kind of corralling us together. Um, Because that's a big deal for the Lord, and the Lord does get his body mobilized. You know, if you think about church history and just where we are, we're kind of disjointed. A lot of churches are not on the same page. They're not doing the same things. And so even though Christ has bled out and died for them, man, we don't really have the same voice. Uh, We have a lot of voices, and we're pretty (laughs) strong on what we think is the right voice, right? And so... Man, I don't want that to be the case, though, here at church where, you know, COVID has already separated us. And, uh, man, we are a church that likes to be together. And, uh, and so we just want to get back to that. That doesn't mean ignoring anything. It's just getting back to one that I see you. So I'm even this morning, again, it's, it's a few more faces uh, this morning than it was even last Sunday. And so I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Uh, our text this morning is going to help us, I believe, this morning also because, well, the apostles are having a difficult time seeing eye to eye with the religious rulers. Uh, and so this has led to, you know, imprisonments, <laughs> threatenings. Um, I mean, this is it's getting out of hand. And unfortunately, Stefan is going to die. Okay, I'm just the spoiler alert. <laughs> he will be killed over this. Um But I want you to see the angle by which he is coming at this that I think is something that we can take home with us and just say, okay, we can have common ground, right? We may not agree. Uh, We all know we come from different places. We all have different positions and stances on everything, whether it's COVID or, uh, you know, this now uprising uh, to fight racial injustice. Um, But man, there is something that should absolutely be common of us, okay? And so... Just as a reminder to catch everybody up, if you haven't been listening, our Stefan that we're going to be talking about today is a deacon appointed to the business of ministering to Hellenistic widows. Okay, we saw that already in chapter six. But we also last week looked at three things that are pertaining to his character. He's a man that's full of faith, he's full of the Holy Ghost, he's full of power. And I think that of those three things, those are the three things that separate him. From just being a deacon to now holding a position of speaking publicly like an apostle. There's something special about this guy that he gets the space that, that Peter has held for the last few chapters. And you can't miss that. There's something really neat about that, right? And so that's why we needed to highlight the character of the man. Because, well, when God uh, assigns you and puts you into his work and you are carrying out these particular things and you're full Man, full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of power. Well, he's going to use you. And that may be that you go from donuts to something else. Right? And so, man, there's nothing wrong with being a deacon. There's nothing wrong with serving donuts. But sometimes the Lord has more. And so just let it happen (laughs) when it happens. This is a thing that he absolutely is going to stand and and deliver this important message that he needs to give to these religious rulers. Remember we said last week about this message. Everything changes after this. Uh, essentially, this becomes the thing where the Lord makes his final indictment on Israel's heart from a leadership perspective. No longer will there be this, um, I'm, I'm going to have the Messiah come back now and sit in Jerusalem. It's going to transfer to the world. The gospel will go everywhere. And uh, Paul will be converted soon. He's here. We're not going to get through this whole thing because it's like I don't know, fifty-one, you know, verses. But we 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 definitely want to look at everything that we can just for today. And so it's just just bear with me because we're going to walk through this as slow as we need to. Uh, there are some accusations that have been brought up by the religious rulers on Stephan. and so we want to look at those accusations. Uh, those would be in Acts six nine through fifteen. I'm just going to read this, and it just says. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and them of Cilicia. That should sound familiar to you. Remember, that's where Paul's from. Tarsus would be like Kansas City. Cilicia is Missouri, essentially. Okay, if you think about it in those terms and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witness which said this man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us and all that sat in the council looking steadfast on him saw his face as it had been the face of an angel and so just as a, a matter of getting our minds wrapped around it, they're upset by his wisdom and his spirit. You see that in 1 Corinthians two, uh, four. For the sake of time, we'll just hold off on that. You can read it or uh, write it down there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.4. They bribe, they, they bribe men that are going to have false witness against him. You see that in, uh, in Acts 6.11. Okay, They're saying that he's speaking blasphemous against Moses. God, the temple... The law and that also that Jesus would destroy Jerusalem and the temple. Now, I have a lot of scripture references for that, but I want you to hear from the Lord's mouth himself in Matthew 24 one says this. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, see not all these things. Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So the claims that they're saying that Stephen is making, well, he may have said these things. In these scripture references that you guys should look at in Micah 3.12 or Psalm 78.58 or Jeremiah 7.11, you will see that essentially the Lord has been writing that narrative for a while. So whatever thing that they're bringing up against him, they need to take issue with the Lord's word first and foremost, Right? And they're doing all of these things because they're trying to stop this grassroots movement that's coming called Christianity. They want to stir up the people. They want to hinder the gospel. So now you have directly put yourself in the way of the Lord. And you know that that ain't going to stand, right? It was evident even to his accusers. They knew something was special about this guy. They couldn't quite figure it out. Remember in verse 15, you see that where they're like, man, his face did shine. Kind of like we would see of Moses. Same thing when he came down. And it's telling about that in particular. In 2 Corinthians 3.15, it says this. But until, even until this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. See, it's not that the issue was something that they couldn't see. They, you know, they needed glasses or whatever. No, no, no. This is a matter of the heart, because Peter's been speaking truth. John has been speaking truth. They saw the lame man. They've seen all of these things, right? And they just refuse to believe what what they're hearing. The people have responded, but now they're trying to do a reverse tactic and get the people against the movement, because that's really where they were getting a lot of traction at. Man, I go on to say in verse 16 of that second Corinthians, it says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. See, the first thing you got to do is turn to the Lord. You notice that the veil goes away at that point, man, these guys are not willing to do that. It's very telling how things cover our hearts Sometimes is just because we just won't turn to the Lord. That'd be true of us. And then it says in verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. (laughs) The veil is almost, you know, kind of alluded to that it's a, a thing that captures you. It holds you back. Why would you hold on to the thing that holds you back? Why not turn your face to the thing that gives you liberty, you know, and freedom? It's incredible. Verse 18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much um, just for today, and everybody that's here, Lord, and everybody that's watching on Zoom. Lord, just be with us. Lord, help me to clearly just communicate the things that you've laid on my heart concerning what we're going to see here in Acts chapter 7. Lord, thank you for the example of Stephen's life, and and just a courageous man of faith with a small uh, um, mention in the Bible with big, <laughs> big things surrounding it. Um, Lord, help us to be men and women that would be the same. Just willing to obey. That would be full of faith. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of your power. Lord, use us mightily uh, today in the days that lay ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so... So now, fast forward, boom, get us up to Acts chapter 7. And so now this council has been created. Stephan is there. These are the accusations. I, we just went through those. Well, what is it that they're saying that he's saying? And now the council, they say this. Then said the high priest, are these things so? And so there's a response that we're going to have here. But I want the anchor verse for us to be this. Romans 15, 5 says, now the God of patience And consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. You cannot have unity without Christ Jesus. See, and the other thing that you have to be reminded of is the God of patience and consolation is giving you that as a result of what his son did on the cross. And so, it should absolutely be the thing that is a connector for us. If we have put our faith in in Jesus Christ, then automatically that means I can get to the place where we are the same mind. Even if we disagree. Right? See, that's my heart on these matters that's going on in our country now, and all these things that are just creating this division. And yeah, there's a part of me that likes just the various uprising that people are just, they're tired of it across the world. I love it, (laughs) man. I love it. Do you know that I have been all over the world and this is the first time that it's felt like I was not the enemy of every continent? It's cool, right? Praise God. I love it. But that's their fight. I got a fight. I have a fight. I have a thing that makes sure that I stay connected with you. Why? Because we are family. We are family. So as it says there, Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so... Man, I know that uh, that Q&A, for some, was like a touchdown. And for others, it's just a play to get 10 more yards. Now, for you that don't watch football, that is a football reference. (laughs) And there normally takes a series of plays in order to make a first down. (laughs) Just watch the Chiefs. It will become clear then. You'll be like, oh, that's what he was talking about. (laughs) Okay, so I get that. For some, it's just a Hail Mary pass. You're like, touchdown, I know where I need to be. My center is is realigned. But for some, it's like, okay, there's some things I heard, I agree with, and there's some things I'm wrestling with. Man, praise the Lord, that's okay. Right? The thing is, is that ultimately, the Lord's goal for us is one mind, one mouth, glorifying Him through Christ Jesus. Man, I can be unified. Country boy don't matter. City boy don't matter, it don't matter, black or white don't matter because we have the thing that is the connector for us and I think we're going to see something here from Stefan that is, well he's trying to get one last shot at trying to connect with the leadership. Now praise the Lord, that's not not the thing that we have to do, I mean I guess you may feel a little out of touch or out of tune or that the, the leadership is tone deaf or whatever Man, that's okay. You're here this morning. You're, you're, your heart is in the right place. So, man, let me just try to encourage you with the things it is that God has shown me. Check this out. Notice how Stephan comes at them. Now, these guys have been threatening, have imprisoned Peter, right? Like, more than once. Notice how he starts verse 2. Verse 2 says, and he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken.'" Man, he is entreating them as a community already. Why? That's why I'm saying he's trying to gather them, not push them away. We know what the final statement will be in this chapter. I believe it is in chapter, uh, excuse me, in verse 51, where eventually he will say, man, you're stiff necked You have resisted the Holy Ghost. But he's starting out in a way that's like, I am one of you. So hear what I'm saying. You see what I mean? So I'm saying that this morning. I'm one of you. Man, I always kind of feel like the people's champ. You know, it's like the rock says that. But because everybody watched my rise in this church, right? And so it's like you. I greeted you in safety not that long ago. And now I'm your fellowship leader. It's the people's champ, you know? Now I just... You know, <laughs> for those that watch wrestling, Sean Riley just... Is cracking up <laughs> if, if when he watches this. Okay, so, man, he is in treating them as a community. Why? Because there is an opportunity for them to be a community, but it will only come from Christ Jesus. It's not going to be from them and the law. I'm just telling you. Principle over policy. That's what we are. We got policy in place. But, man, <laughs> you will not forever be connected with anybody over policy alone. And Israel has set their heart greatly to policy. By this time, they are not wrestling with the idol worship uh, that they have been so often characterized in the Old Testament. But now they have just gotten to such a pious level, they can't even see that the creator of everything was walking amongst them, talking to them, welcoming them in. They still put him on the cross, right? Right? And so, man, don't don't let a pursuit of policy or any of those things blind you from what it is that's really on display. So you want to hearken. You want to listen up. So let's read our text of the area that we're going to be looking at this morning. uh, In verse 3, it says, And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I will show thee. Excuse me, he's speaking of Abraham. Did I finish reading that? I didn't. Let me go back to verse 2. Uh, the, um, and he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Chiron, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Chiron. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into his land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for possession and to his seed after him. And as it, as he yet had no child, okay. So the Lord is doing all this. I'm um, you're gonna have all this, and like I don't even have any kids. Okay, I believe you. I'm coming. Here we go. I don't know where we're going, but you just just tell me when to stop. I guess. <laughs> and God spake on this wise that. His seed should join in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that, they shall come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 patriarchs. And so listen, you know, remember, we have uh, taught you this over the years. That in Romans, it gives us insight into Abraham's relationship with God. It was one of faith, right? He hadn't even been circumcised yet, but he's the father, the author of it, (laughs) you know, when the Lord is telling him this, it was by faith that he's leaving and going to do and pursue what the Lord has for him. And so here's the thing, get this down. Faith is critical for us because it is the common thread we can always come back to. See, if I'm having trouble being in fellowship with you, the thing is, is I have to just remember you have faith. I have faith. And from that, we can be on the same page. Whatever thing that I may have, I can just dead that because I have to understand what Christ did on the cross in order for you and I to both be people of faith. You see what I'm saying? See, there's something special about that. I can always come back to that. I can always find some space to agree with you on just simply from that position and so our key point number one is this faith in Christ is the beginning of separating us from the world if faith is the thing that I can always come back to then guys this has to be the thing that we both have to agree on faith in Christ is the beginning of separating us from the world It says in in verse three, and he said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. See, he's saying forsake your country and your kindred and receive the things that I have to offer. That is tremendous. Especially now think about that. The Lord wrote this some 2000 years ago. It is still applicable today. Forsake your country and your kindred. If more so than ever, we want to dig in. It's funny that people are aligning themselves for country and then for kindred right now. And the Lord's like, forsake both. Mm -hmm. Receive the things I have to offer. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And what will happen? I will receive you. See, remember, if I'm going to put my faith and trust in something, then it might as well be the only thing that's eternal. It's the Lord. And if you have done that and I have done that, then God says we can agree because we've already forsaken the other thing that gives us community. Now, this one, okay, this Lord help me (laughs) this. You know how Sam has verses of scripture references sometimes. And things he points out, he's like, Lord, I need help. This is hard. Okay, listen to this. <laughs> Luke 14, You heard it in COD, but understand it in this context. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. See, here's the thing. Get this down. I can't be a disciple of other men's causes. If I want to be a disciple of Christ, I can be a disciple of other men's causes. and so man i i can't as a black male in this country there absolutely is a narrative and just the pressure from society for me to be a part and to be vocal and have the t-shirt and just you know be mad about it and all of those things but man listen i i can't be a disciple of them because i'm already a disciple of christ i have to forsake country and kindred we here in the, U, in the U.S., like most people who are countrymen of other great continents in this world, are very proud. And because of the work that I have done in, in the past in and, and building things, I definitely have a different viewpoint um, of this country because I helped build it. <laughs> and so I very much am proud of that. And the Lord is like, forget it. I remember the first mission trip I went on, actually it was with James and, and Joe Paul down in El Salvador. And that was one of the things that um, uh, Matt Blacksock said, he was like, your American idea of mi- just forget it. Because it will hold you up. It makes you think that you gotta throw money at everything and every time you see poverty you get so overwhelmed with um, embarrassment for the blessing of your country that you just are an idiot with it. <laughs> Oh, let me buy all your groceries, let me buy. So then what happens is you don't end up in a place of blessing. So you guys know what happened to me, right? I was playing with the kids at the school of the deaf, and uh, which is just, a, a, it was just so neat how recess is because it's lights and it's quiet and the kids just go outside, and, you know, because <laughs> I was like, this is, this is neat. It's a neat feature of the fact that they have, you know, they're deaf and so they have to use other, other signs to get, and it was so sweet. We get out there. Poor El-, El Salvadorian kids. You know, they never thrown a frisbee. If it's with the foot, soccer, got it down. Throw this, the coordination for that, I'm trying to teach you in two seconds, not going to happen. Right? So, of course, this is what happened. It got, it ended up, my frisbee ended up on the roof. So, in our break there, somebody's getting the frisbee off, and there's a little girl that has some uh, chips, some plantain chips. And I remember in my head, I got a small second. She just, because I was... I'm the biggest guy there, and so it's like, hey, I want to be with you. So she just hung out with me the whole time. So when she got her chips, she offered me some chips. Immediately, my American thought was, how am I going to take your chips? I know I have more money than you have. Mm. But I took some chips, and she went on about a business plan because that's how it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Man, give up, give up what you think you, you are. Give up what you think you are. God is like, no, just come and be with me. I have something to offer you. Our key point number two is faith in Christ reveals God's plan and promise for your life. Not my life, your life. And so whatever the specifics of that is, you want to try to find that out. When we execute God's plan, it assures us that he will be with us. See that's the thing about all of this that we don't kind of understand. Stephen is concrete in his decision to stand before these individuals and deliver a hard message because he knows this is what God's plan for his life is. I got to do this, whatever the whatever the outcome of it is, I you know that whatever, I don't care as much. I have to do this. See in Genesis twenty six three, here's your encouragement. You need this. Maybe take it down. So join in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. When you're doing exactly what it is that the Lord is telling you to do, you can for sure he is going to be with you. If I set my heart to agendas or anything that is outside of exactly what God has planned for my life, well, there's no guarantee he's going to be there. And whatever the fallout of that may be, it could be whatever. So you better just be sure that it's a part of his plan for your life. That means you got to pray about it. What are you going to be doing? Man, just consider. Has God already set a plan? And now are you deviating from said plan? He won't. You will be looking around. (laughs) Where's he at? Help me with this. See, get this down. God wants you to give the things that he has, excuse me, get the things that he has in order for you to keep from being disappointed from the world's false promises. See, he's got something he's got to give to you, but the world also tells you they have something they want to give to you, but they're not going to pay out. They never do. They never will. They can't. They cannot own up to those promises. And so there is not some pie in the sky greater America coming. It is a sinful world that will not be dealt with until Jesus Christ is on the throne. Second Peter 1 3 says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Why is this important? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's why it's important. See, the pursuits that the world will have you on, man, all they're going to do is just end up corrupting you. And sometimes they look good, they sound good, but we just got to be careful. Again, the Lord has set you on a mission. And part of that mission could be, you know fighting for these particular things. I very much believe that the Lord has like us, like ninjas. And so that's why your education is the way it is. That's why you work where you work. That's why you should move up and pro- you know, you guys know I took the teaching gig because I kind of thought when it was posed to me, I know how I was going to treat the students. See, a lot of times backstabbers want to be in positions of power. So they can just rule over people. And good people oftentimes will just pass on by promotions because they're scared to death to lead people. But then they'll fuss about it when that person that's this backstabber is the boss. I'm, I got sick of that. I worked under those conditions. And so I said, I'm going to be the boss because I know how I'm going to treat people. And you guys know, man, the fruit that it's given me just... Some of those guys have been here. Man, the backstabber's not bringing anybody to church. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, don't be afraid. Take positions of power. If you got a heart, you want to run for office, you want to be mayor, councilman, school board, please help the school board out. School board, whatever. Get on it. I'm telling you. God needs you to be in those spaces so that his message gets out there. You got to think that way. Stop being afraid. Now, if in the lens of making sure that you're here on Sunday and you're here on Tuesday, I get that. Right. But if there's opportunity for you to be in charge because you're going to look after people. Absolutely. Take it. Whatever things they have at work that don't bother me on Sunday, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because that's an opportunity now for the Lord to use me in the lives of many people. It just makes my influence a little bit wider. See, be a part of those things. Work well at work so that God can use you. Sometimes the plan is he wants to use you at work, but man, you're a slug. You should just have salt poured on you so you dissolve and shrivel up and go somewhere. You ought, man, if you're at work, be profitable for them. It should not be said of believers that they are the worst workers they have. That's what I'm saying. Like sometimes we just we just shorthand God's plan by our own issues because we don't understand that we're on task. We got something to do. You think all this stuff is random. Nothing for you is random anymore. Nothing. Who you married? None of that. It matters. Stay, excuse me. Stay on task. Stay on topic. You absolutely want to see everything in Second Peter that he's saying. Have you seen God's exceeding great and precious promises? I have, and I we haven't even exhausted all of them yet. I don't. There's still yet stuff to do. I, I'm excited, right? But I gotta stay with it. Our key point number three is this. Faith in Christ gives you a seal of identity. Boy, we absolutely need that. See, the one thing is, is that the Pharisees and all of these religious rulers, these individuals, man, they love being that. (laughs) And the Lord is calling them to something else. And they're going to kill Stephan over it. Because they just don't understand what they can be a part of, the identity that they can have. You know, it says there in verse 8, And he gave him, being Abraham, the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve patriarchs. Now, let me give you a little wisdom here. Uh, write this down. Romans 4, 9-13. We're going to read this so I can just peel back this wisdom on this matter so that you understand what's going on here. In Romans 4, 9... Paul is better explaining this even for the audience that he has, because we know throughout there's just this issue between Hellenistic Hebrews and Hebrews that are um, Hebraic and just and then trying to put the clamp down on Gentiles that are converting and make uh, they got to act like Jews and this whole thing. Right. So he's just unraveling this. In verse nine, he says, "Cometh this blessedness, blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal, a seal. Oh, that sounds familiar. A seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Stephen is calling these guys to a position of faith. You are bogged down, leaders, rulers, with the law. And it's only there to just show you that, oh man, I'm terrible. (laughs) Because I cannot do this perfectly. And I am sick of slaughtering bulls and goats and pigeons and all of this other stuff. Let's, is there another way? Yes, it is. Here I am. Here I come. I'm right here. No, we don't want this guy. <laughs> Kill this guy. Whatever he's talking about, he's crazy. Right? Like that. I thought you said you wanted to be, you were kind of tired of that. It was, you remember you wrestled with being consistent and you, no, okay. <laughs> Man, see, that's the seal. It's the seal for those guys in that dispensation, that is like the Holy Spirit where it's an identity marker where the Lord looks and says, that seal says, those individuals are mine. That's important. See, listen to this. Get this down. God knew man would want to categorize themselves. So this is how he said, you belong to me. And now we have one. You know it. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And whom also ye also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believe, you were sealed with that holy spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of his glory. So, what's our conclusion? Our conclusion is this: Stephen is trying to find common ground by taking them back to the men. Take, excuse me, back to uh, um, the men that the religious rulers held in, in high regard. That common ground should be one of faith because faith always has a community. It always does. I don't have to try to fight for one. I don't have to fight to maintain one. I don't have to get in one. I just, I'm in it by faith, by Christ Jesus. And so the invitation would be this then. Search your heart this morning. Where's your faith lying? Is it America, the flag, the end of racism, police, protests, Whatever it is, if it's not Christ, then you will always lack the common ground with God and his family. Man, it has to solely be Christ, that that's the only thing you're going to put your faith in. Because haven't you seen already that all those other things I mentioned let you down? And they will. I'm telling you, Stephan is trying to get these guys on the same page, and unfortunately, they're not listening because they don't want to. Because you know what the one thing about faith is? That's a choice. God doesn't force that on you. And he's not going to force it on you now. Right? And so, man, let us just be careful. Let's be unified. Let's fight. Let's fight in, 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 in a way that just is like, man, I'm struggling with this, but I love you. Pray for me. I'm here. Man, absolutely. Absolutely. That's all I want. I'm not trying to lose any. I'm trying to gain some. Right? And so, um, man, I pray that this blesses your heart. Look at what this guy is doing, man, in treating people as a community already. It's a good place to start. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again just for your word. Lord, I pray that you would be with us just as we are navigating this space. And Lord, again, we do ask for those that are actually on the right side of of injustice that are out there uh, fighting these fights, Lord, would you be with them? Uh, Would you protect everybody involved, Lord, so that we might have the opportunity to share the gospel with them? Uh, Some of them, Lord, may not know you. And while they may feel like they're, you know, one community that's raging and the other community that's, that's, you know, trying to keep the rest of the public safe, uh, Lord, they can all be unified in you. And so, Father, help us to be on task to do that work. Lord, I pray that this doesn't shake out like it did with Stefan, where people just are unwilling to hear. And so, Lord, they just attack the man. Um, Lord, keep us from those hard decisions uh, like that. And Lord, let our heart um, just follow you and long to be with you and long to be with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.